one of the things that occurred when I was a drummer on the circus and I was being creative with uh, making drum licks or special effects to enhance the experience of the people watching the circus was that my creative efforts, as soon as the the last decibel faded off into the into silence, that creative thing was over. And that's where I started to realize that painting, a beautiful painting on the side of the truck had a lasting value. Coming directly from the horseshoe crowd capital of the world. Get a leg up and get ready for the hydrant. And now, the man who paid Pepperidge Farm not to remember, your host, Jim Cooper. Hi everyone, welcome to The Hydrant. With me today, Dave Letterfly Noterer. First of all, thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Sure, glad to help. You know, normally I, I bring guests on and I do a quick little bio and then we talk about things, but there is so much going on in Dave's bio that well, it would just be me talking and I don't want to have that happen. So <laughs> first thing we're going to do is is this one phrase that's on his website, the smartest thing I ever did was join the circus. And that was as a teenager, right? That's correct. Yeah, 16 years old, I was on the circus. As a drummer? Playing the drums. And I also had my paintbrushes with me, so I was expressing myself artistically on all the circus trucks. <laughs> and and what Dave is talking about, and I should give you a little more background than that. He's done so many different things. His, his career is just excellent. He's been a drummer. He's been with the circus. He's been into horses. We'll talk about that. Painting has been a big part of his life. He does a lot of detailing and murals and that kind of thing. He travels all the time. He's an author. He's a speaker. So we got a lot to go on here. Tell me about what really got you gravitated toward the horses. Oh, that was actually quite a godsend because uh, as a child, because of a frustrating situation that I was growing up in, my older brother produced a bizarre behavior. And as the result of that, all the kids in the neighborhood were picking on him. And so I did not uh, elect to become uh socially connected as a child. So lo and behold, here I am, a teenager traveling around the circus, having the time of my life, and I gradu gra radiated toward the, <laughs> toward the uh, animals. I just fell right into helping the little old guy that was took care of all the animals. I fell right into that, and I became fascinated with watching the performances of the trainers that trained animals to do interesting things. And that really gave me my introduction to becoming relational with another living being. I entered into that through horsemanship. And by the time I was uh, 19, I had a six pony Liberty Act performing in wow. the show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you became, I don't know, and I don't know what the, the proper equestrian term is, but you became more of like an expert than, than anything else. Well, at that point, I was an entry-level horse trainer, and as the years went by, it's such a vast field. 
it took a, you know a couple of decades for me to finally earn the ability to I guess qualify as an expert. Right. That's uh, but that's wild. One of the other things that uh, that kind of progressed into was, and you said it already. Painting or has already been kind of it's kind of like in your blood. You've been doing it from a, an early age now. And just to let everyone know, the work he does now in detailing, he's done motorcycles and trucks and everything. And go out to letterfly.com and you'll see some of his work is absolutely gorgeous and stunning. You are working at a uh, RV dealership. You are an artist for them. How did that come about? Well, the uh, it. It, there was a there was a nine year prerequisite to landing that situation at the RV dealership. Back in the late eighties, the computer showed up. I was a sign painter up in Jackson, Michigan, and the computer arrived on the scene and started making vinyl lettering to satisfy the the demand of the people that wanted signs. So it kind of put the sign painter out of business. And I was in the right place at the right time. A happy accident occurred and I discovered a big market that was just evolving. It was just starting to occur. Uh, in the late 80s, the RV technology had mm. graduated to the point where they were starting to produce, you know, 40 foot diesel pusher motorhomes. Prior to that time, the only big motorhomes were produced by either Bluebird or Prevo, and they were luxury. And the RV manufacturers in Indiana and Iowa and Alabama did was they created a mid-price. So it just made it available for throngs of people. And it also started the phenomenon of people selling their home and moving into a motorhome to become full-timers. Right. And those motorhomes back in the 80s and all of the 90s were pretty plain. They just had a belt line stripe around the outside. Around the outside. Yep. And it was like perfect for an artist. These people were proud of their motorhome. They were wanting to put some kind of a image on it that would express part of their personality and at least something that they're certainly interested in. And so I was in the right place at the right time. And I already knew how to travel because of my background with the circus. Right. And I was able to chase motorhomes where they were clumped up in different places just about every week and wow. uh, started to, and I was on the road nine solid years chasing motorhomes, putting artwork on the backs of them. And that's what made it attractive. That's what attracted me to uh, the owner who was building a, giant RV dealership wanted everything you could think of on the property and having an artist on the premises was part of his vision. Made sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was the artist at uh, a big dealership in Tampa and that's what gave me my ability to have, have a home. And, yeah. you know, and, and you're talking about this at that time period, the thing that popped in my head is like, yeah, everyone had seen, Smoky and the Bandit and saw the yeah. big mural on the side of the truck and yeah. was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do the same yeah, thing. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. man. That's, that's pretty cool. We, you're talking about this and you're doing a lot of the traveling. And one of the other areas that, <laughs> that you deal with, two-pronged. One, you're a published author. You had a book called Hit the Road and Thrive, which was, I guess, 
discussions about your journeys going around at that time. Uh huh. Yeah. Hit the road and thrive is actually a guidebook that was inspired by my customers who admire my way of life. And they said, Dave, you ought to write a book on how to do that. So it's a, it's a, it's a source book, a guidebook, a source of encouragement for people that are, you know, tired of a routine right. drum life and like the idea of going on an adventure, whether you're going to uh, go in an RV or on an airplane or a train or even just your uh, car or something. It's just a, it's a mindset in regards to what it is that it takes to grasp opportunity and, uh, and make the most of uh, whatever it is that you find. A big part of it is the encouragement that people need to step fearlessly forward because of we have typically a instinctive uh, fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. So part of it is, is, is the encouragement to embrace that fact about ourselves and then step forward anyway. Feel the fear and, and do it anyway. Yep. Because the book is designed to uh, enlighten people and especially their mindset and lift them above what could in many lives have them stuck in a in a particular place uh, because I want so many people to have this this kind of help I've made the book the manuscript of this book available for free oh wow yeah okay can I access that through your website the way to get the manuscript hit the road and thrive is to go to my author website, which is DaveLetterfly.com. And there's a place where you put your email address mm -hmm. and then you push a button. And then the next thing you know, you'll have the manuscript in your inbox. That's cool. That's great. And that, but that was just the first one. The second one, Speedy hurled through havoc tales of a traveling airbrush. Is that more about you than about the the lifestyle well it started as a way to honor my dad I, my dad's nickname during world war ii was speedy okay and there's a picture of him on his motorcycle he had a motorcycle during world war ii so it started as a way to do that and then tell the story about a boy to man you know uh, as a boy i actually experienced frustration a frustrating situation with my dad because of his demeanor. And then as we both matured and I entered into, I guess, a functional way of being in relationship with other things, I was actually able to go back to my dad and enter into a loving relationship. And my dad and I became the best of friends. That's great. That's part of the story. And then the rest of the book is pretty much, uh, it's memoir. The whole thing is a memoir. And uh, it's designed to kind of explain where my passion comes from, wow. this passion for adventure and, and an interesting life and encouraging others. That's so cool. And, and while you were, we were talking about this, while you're at the, the RV dealership, yet another aspect of, of your life popped up is that you started putting that and your, your uh, entertainment life together and put together a presentation. It was called Rolling Art, Why a Mural? That's correct. Yeah, I gave a seminar. That's where my uh, speaking uh, career, I guess, started. Right. I gave a seminar to the interested RV folks that would come there, and it was pretty much a bunch of stories about uh, how to make RVing more fun. 
Uh, again, en- encouragement. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, for those listening, it's like, it, this isn't, he doesn't have one presentation. He's got about nine different ones as a, as a speaker. And they have great titles. And this is the one that just popped at me. One of his, his uh, seminars is entitled, Listen to Your Broccoli. Now, why would you not want to go to that and listen to that? <laughs> I mean, I'd be there in a second. So the the traveling that you're doing now is pretty much just the speaking tour or are you still doing painting or what are you doing these days? My uh, painting career changed when technology came up with the vinyl printed right. graphics that you see wrapped on everything. So the, so the motorhome airbrushed mural uh, era was over. Oh, probably about 2008. And okay. I ended up having customers who, with motorhomes who owned Harley Davidson dealerships. And the next thing I knew, I was at these, they were building the new uh, modern retail facilities. And I was there on location painting giant murals on the walls to enhance the retail experience. And that's where I was introduced to the motorcycle clientele. They would see me painting and they would say, hey, could you come out to the parking lot and look at my bike? And that's when I figured out the next logical evolution for me to embrace was to uh, leave the motorhomes behind and embrace motorcycles. So today I have a route of Harley Davidson stores, a different store every week for seven months. I go up the East Coast, spend the summer between Philadelphia and Chicago, and I just have got done zigzagging my way back south, and my uh, my route was over with on uh, Saturday, and I went to Little Rock and visited the circus, and, <laughs> and, and now I just entered the state of Florida uh, this morning, and then when we get off of the... Uh, podcast interview, I will continue my trip and get a little bit closer. I'm going to stop and visit a friend of mine who's in the music industry his whole life. He's up in High Springs. That's like a, a standard thing. And I've, and I've also been invited to come over and visit a lady who has elephants in uh, Williston. I'm going to stop in and say hi to her and, and the elephants, and then I'll make it the rest of the way home. Wait, wait, wait. She has elephants? Elephants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her fa- whole family is in the circus business. Oh, okay. I, was, yeah. I thought it was just maybe someone that kept elephants on the property. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of, it's a facility to uh, promote the uh, well-being. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. And, and her and her dad want me to put a gold leaf name on the back of their boat. Oh, So, yeah, business and pleasure, yeah. Of all the traveling you've done, is there one place or maybe one piece of artwork that kind of stands out to you as like, this is kind of like my favorite one? That's kind of interesting that you would ask that because even when I was decorating motorhomes, the the customers would often ask, what's the most incredible thing or outrageous thing or bizarre or any number of things like that? Which one is the most outlandish <laughs> mural that you've ever painted on a motorhome? And then I would stop and think, and then I would tell them what I recollected. 
as being the most outlandish. And then they would challenge me and say, we want ours to be even oh. more outlandish than that one. So it's been a whole endless series of that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing with favorite places. I've got so many pl- favorite places that I return to year after year after year. Right. That have friends that I've known for year after year after year. And plus, I've been so many places. If I meet somebody for the first time, one of the first things I do is I ask them where they're from, because usually I can tell them something about where they live because oh. I've been to so many places all over the That's yeah. cool. That's neat. Is there a area, and I, I don't know the correct word, but a, a type or genre of painting that you'd like to try but haven't had the chance yet? For example, the, what brought that all to mind was I was thinking, you said you had a friend that was a musician. You know, would you ever think of doing an album cover or something along oh. that vein? Okay, that's interesting. Uh, one of the things that occurred when I was a drummer on the circus and I was being creative with making drum licks or special effects to enhance the experience of the people watching the circus was that my creative efforts, as soon as the the last decibel faded off into silence, that creative thing was over. And that's where I started to realize that painting, a beautiful painting on the side of the truck had a lasting value. And so in compared to a, you know, a fancy drum lick. Right. And then with painting paintings on virtually everything you can think of, and even signs back when I was a sign painter, they all seem to have a lifespan. Right. And I, I have the ambition of creating something that would be long lasting. And I have created artwork. And then when I get home, I, I frame them and I got too many of them to hang on the walls. I only got so many walls, but I got stacks of these pieces of artwork that are framed and ready, I guess. Maybe an art show or something someday. I but uh, yeah. I think my ambition would be for this kind of stuff to end up in a place where they would be appreciated, especially because in the future, uh, there probably aren't going to be tradesmen that do what I do. Right. That have the skills that I've developed as the result of painting with my hand for 50 years. So at some point, it may be a, a curiosity for the people of the future to look back and, and maybe appreciate what, you know, what used to take place back in the good old days. Super. All right. Let me ask you some of these goofy questions and uh, see where uh, this takes us. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Well, that would be either George Clooney or Tom Selleck. That's easy. (laughs) Good picks. Good picks. (laughs) What song should play every time you walk into a room? Uh, that would be Grand Funk Railroad. Are you ready? Oh, man. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> having grown up a, a Grand Funk junkie, you know, I, I get it. That's absolutely. I still got all my albums. Yeah, I do, too. From high school, yeah. yeah. I do, too. And I just I keep them over there. And my wife is just like, can't we get rid of these things? I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> What pizza topping best represents you? Probably pineapple and anchovy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Yes. I, <laughs> what breed of dog would you be? Probably a husky or maybe a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. That works. That works. Is there a food that you will absolutely not eat under any circumstances? I haven't found one yet. I was taught to enjoy everything. Good. And so, yeah, I just, I, now I'm, I prefer Mediterranean food. Okay. Right before the, the interview, I just had a big bowl full of my modified tabbouleh. Which is, which has become very, very popular in the past 10 years, all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. You see more and more of the Mediterranean restaurants opening up. And most of them, the ones I've been to have been very good. It's, it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good for you. If animals could talk, which one would be the rudest? Maybe a rhinoceros. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I could see that. I'm going to give you pairs of things, and it's kind of either or. You just tell me what your preference is. All right. Passenger or driver? Oh, driver. Yeah, I, I kind of knew that. I said that, and I was like, that's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple pizza or candy corn? Pineapple pizza. Bananas or watermelon? Mm, that's a toughie. Probably bananas. Beatles or like Rolling Stones? Oh, Rolling Stones. Bewitched or I Dream of Genie? Oh, that's a toughie. I Dream of Genie. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. Eggs, omelet or scrambled? Omelet. Which superpower would you rather have, invisibility or shape-shifting? I already have shape-shifting if, uh, if, um, if, if, because I have the ability, my superpower is to be able to stretch. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I have the ability to stretch my arms long distances and give somebody a hug who's very, very far away. So I already have a superpower. That's like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. His arms stretched everywhere. Stretch. So. That's right. That's Stretch right. me. <laughs> Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or bathing for a month? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to give up bathing for a month. I like being clean. <laughs> That's a toughie. <laughs> and, and people have to stop and think about that for a while. <laughs> Would you rather go skydiving in a rainstorm or climb the antenna at the top of the Empire State Building on a windy day? Skydiving in a rainstorm. Would you rather have the ability to breathe underwater or fly? Fly. Oh, I'd li love to be able to fly. I'd levitate in my dreams. That's so cool. I do too. I do too. That's, isn't that cool? I love that. It's, and it's like, it's, yeah, it's not that far, but you, it's yeah. about a foot or two up and then you, you just go and you take off and it's like, yeah. yeah. Yep, definitely. And that's weird because I hate to fly. So it's, it's, I don't know. Uh -huh. Would you rather have whatever you are thinking appear in a bubble above your head for everyone to read or have absolutely everything you do be live streamed for everyone to watch? everything I do to be live stream. <laughs> Thoughts can be pretty tricky. Thoughts are tough. Yeah. 
So what's the next event? I know it's probably next year, but what is the event next event for you that's coming up? I'll be getting getting things ready for my workshop. I teach uh, painting skills the first week in February every year at my home. And then I have two events in uh, one in Sarasota and then one in uh, Fort Myers uh, during the month of February. And the, the whole time I'm home, I'm going to be I've got a woman who's going to do the editing processes for the audio track. And I'm going to make the manuscript for not only Hit the Road and Thrive, but Speedy Hurled Through Havoc into audiobooks. So, yeah, I got plenty to do. Well, thank you again for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Definitely, Jim. I really appreciate it also. Yeah. If you want to know if you want to know more about Dave, you can head out to letterfly.com and there's lots of other links there that take you to his author page and the artist page and the speaker page if you'd like to have him come and and talk to your group or whatever it happens to be. That is the place to to go get him and sign him up and I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you. So thanks That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time on the hype. Thanks for hanging out with us on The Hydrant. The Hydrant announcer is Allison Steele. For outstanding VO coaching and voice acting services, visit Allison at allisonsteele.com. That's Allison with a Y and Steele with no E at the end. Shoot me an email with any comments, questions, worthwhile recipes at bigdog at jimcoopervo.com. This episode copyright 2023 by Jim Cooper VO and Nat Lancor Audio which is solely responsible for its content. No reproduction by writing, recording, reposting, smoke signals, AI voice loading, Morse code, or any other electronic or manual recording method known to man is allowed without prior written consent. Come back and play with us next week as the steady stream of outstanding guests continue at the Hydrant.